The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show once again. This is Dr. Susan Allison. And as I always tell you, you are the empowered healer of your life. You're endowed with unique gifts that only you can give to the world. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, I'm sorry I stole stole this from Mission Impossible, is to discover these gifts and then share them. Find the light within you and then shine, shine, shine. And I know, as you do, what a journey it is to discover our soul's purpose and then live it fully. Every day I get to live my own purpose, which is to be open to inspiration from source, download this inspiration into songs and books and talks, and birth them into the wider world. I just got a song this morning, which always feels like such a gift, and that means I can have Christmas or my birthday every day, and it's every day that I'm open to receiving. So think about that and how fun it is. We're going to have some fun on today's show and be inspired at the same time. What could be better? Our guest is William Whitecloud, who will be talking about his latest book, The Last Shaman, which is a work of fiction with quite a few aspects of his own life woven in. William Whitecloud, author of Australia's number one best-selling metaphysical book, The Magician's Way, is also an internationally acclaimed speaker who has helped thousands of people transform their lives. Through his program, Living from Greatness, uh, and his books and personal development program help people discover and create what they love, tapping into the subconscious to create any reality they want. His latest book, The Shaman's Way, continues where the magician's way left off, teaching readers how to fulfill their dreams. So I'm looking forward to this. Let's welcome William Whitecloud. Hi, William. Hi, Susan. Thanks for a great introduction and a real privilege to be on your show with such a talented person such as yourself, such a creative person. Was that your song playing at the beginning of the show? It was my song. And, oh, and beautiful. I, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. It's, yeah, thank you. It's from a, my CD that just came out a couple months ago uh, called We Carry the Light. Fabulous. I'll have to check it out. I'd love you to. Um, so actually, I'd like to check something out, which is I'm curious <laughs> about your last name. Uh, I wonder if you feel comfortable sharing about it. Oh, totally. No, I, 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 love, I love my name. And uh, it's not actually my original name. It's, it, it used to be my nickname. 
And uh, when I got into the work that I'm into now and started writing, I really got a strong sense that um, it, it was, you know, given to me for a purpose because it never made sense to me prior to that, like White Cloud. I, I had no connection to it whatsoever. But as I say, once I got into all that I'm into now, it made perfect sense. So I took it as my nom de plume, my um, writing name, and in fact, my, my full name. And um, mm-hmm. sometimes I have a little doubts about it, and I ask my family, should we, should we be calling ourselves this? Do you want to change, revert back to our old name? And they no way, we love the name. It's so perfect. Oh, so that, that's the story behind it. Wonderful. Um, you know, in indigenous cultures, of course, it would be your medicine name. And, yes, and uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't, don't have any, um, you know, sort of special connotation with it. And uh, since I've taken the name, I've discovered that it's actually a Scottish name with its own coat of arms. It's oh. a very common name in China, and I know for sure everyone here in, in America would appreciate that it's a Native American name as well. Yep, yep, that's what I thought too. So I would also love to, I always start with, with the personal, just because I'm interested in my listeners are, I'd love to start with a bit about your own life in the 80s and how you really turned around a life of suffering and even terminal illness. So how did you save your own life? Well, um, as you say, for, for all of the 80s, really, I, I had a 10-year illness mm. that you know, started mildly and then became so debilitating that it took me to my deathbed. And one of the most uh, terrifying aspects and painful aspects, actually, of, of this illness, aside from all the symptoms I was suffering, was that nobody could diagnose it, whether that was a complementary healthcare professional or, you know, uh, medical professionals, clinical medical professionals. I was seeing professors at university. Nobody could say what was wrong with me. <clears throat> and then... Um, you know, when, when I was really at, at the end and, in fact, even received deathbed counseling a few times to give you an idea of where wow. I was at at the wow. end, mm-hmm. um, I, I met a man, a, a complete stranger, who professed that he knew exactly what was wrong with me. And not only did he claim to know what was wrong with me, he claimed that he had had the exact same condition. And he described it to me so perfectly. It was the first person that I could ever relate to. Nobody knew what was going on for me, even when I described it to them. And yet here was someone describing it to me. And, uh, you know, I really had faith that, that he knew what he was talking about. And, and what he said to me was that what I had to do, because he, he claimed he had healed himself, and he was a very fit-looking young man, um, healthy and fit-looking young man. And he claimed that what the cure was, was to eat red meat and drink white wine with meals and smoke a couple of cigarettes a day and, and have some coffee, uh, a few coffees every day. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was just, you know, crazy talk. A- any of the people that were looking after me, they didn't agree with what was wrong with me. They didn't even know. Uh, but they would have all agreed that his prescription was just, uh, you know, pure poison, was suicide. Mm. Mm. But I'd had enough of my condition and I had nothing left to lose. So I took his advice and I did just that. I um, started eating meat and drinking wine and smoking cigarettes and having coffee and I bounced back to health immediately. I mean, you know, when you go downhill for that long, you think if you ever find out what's wrong with you and you find a cure, it's going to take a really long time to come back. But I, I actually bounced back really quickly. And wow. the, the, thing, the thing about that, Susan, is it was obviously to myself and everyone who knew me, 
a remarkable turnaround, you know, just a staggering, amazing turnaround. But here's the funny thing is, out of that experience, the thing that struck me wasn't that there was any efficacy in these substances, because to this day, I don't enjoy, I I detest smoking, coffee freaks me out, you know, I'm, I'm a very moderate drinker, I hardly ever eat red meat. And, and so I didn't ever think there was any efficacy in that prescription. But what struck me, like what, what it was like my road to Damascus moment, a blinding flash of light, as it were. What, what really impressed me was there must be some way in which we focus that then, uh, well, there must be some way in which we focus that then determines the reality we experience for ourselves. Because it wasn't lost on me that for 10 years I had been just so focused on being sick and trying to get better and doing everything I could do to get well. And I was just getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And when I just let go of that and, and just, you know, released that and, and just, you know, put my focus elsewhere and thought, you know, what the hell? I'm going to give myself a bit of pleasure. I'm going to give myself a bit of break, of a break. As well as also, I suppose, for the first time, having faith in someone, having having a sense of belief in, in, in someone mm-hmm. because of my relatability to them, suddenly everything changed. My whole experience changed. Now, the thing is, people have argued with me as to whether that was a true thing to conclude out of that or not because of that, but I don't care because that is what I concluded. And I determined from then to learn more about this idea about that your, your focus creates your reality so that I could understand it and know it well enough, know the principle well enough to use it to create what I'd love to have in my, yep. my life to, to, to have in my life and, and for my life to reflect. Um, and, and so I did. I've, I've been on a journey ever since. And that, you know, that was 20 years ago. And, uh, so as my learning of the principle has grown and deepened, so too has my, um, pleasure and joy and experience of life grown too. And to the point where now, it's not, and actually for a long time, it's not just something I've kept to myself, but shared with whoever else I can. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I, I can't help thinking of the, of the term, you know, the law of attraction and some of the other terms that have been, you know, bantered around uh, mm. when you talk about focus creating our reality because, you know, we can, we can focus on things that are, are positive but also negative and attract that as well. Well, exactly. You see, the thing is that with the law of attraction and the secret and all these ideas that are coming to the fore now, that is quite commonly understood. What many people don't really understand is that what we self-consciously focus on isn't necessarily uh, what really what our attention's really on. It's just the tip of the iceberg, and that actually, often, most times, what what are what people actually go for and, and are focused on self-consciously, what they see in their minds. They don't appreciate that that's not really their focus. They don't appreciate that there's a deeper focus, which is what motivated that. And, and just to put it very simplistically, it's like if someone thinks, well, I'm, I, I'd love to make a, whole, a, a pile of money, and, and so that's what I'm focusing on. Why isn't that pile of money coming to me, or why aren't I going backwards? Not mm-hmm. appreciating that that desire for the money might be motivated by some limitation or fear that is actually really getting the attention meanwhile, you see. And, and yep. so, so this is what a, a lot of my work is aims to, uh, you know, illuminate people to, is not just the, the, the shallow surface ideas um, that are out there, but, but, you know, the deeper mechanics and workings of these principles. 
Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So let's say that someone comes to you um, who is in stage four cancer and um, they want to heal. They want to get well. What would you what would you help them focus on? Well, it, you know, the, the, the first thing to say, Susan, is, is that initially, I, I guess I wouldn't help them focus on, on anything in particular, mm-hmm. because if you're going to talk about healing now, I believe that um, I'm, I'm not going to blame anyone for having any condition, but, but certainly in my experience and, and my belief, you could say, is that the thing about all of us human beings is that to be here and uh, have an experience of individual existence, we have to create some form of separation. So in our formative years, we set up belief systems that make us feel separate, separate from our, um, you know, um, from our worth, from our belonging, mm-hmm. um, from our viability, what, whatever it is. And, and so then what we do is that we then go about trying to compensate for that and actually mm-hmm. then reinforce those conditions, which can then lead to us, you know, being uh, kind of have a, have a, a dis-ease, if you like, mm-hmm. dis-ease in, in, in spirit, in, in, in physicality, in emotionality. And so the first thing I'm going to do is help people see how they've come to see themselves as separate from, you know, their, their, their wholeness and their yep. authentic nature, which is really the thing that whether it, 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 it heals the person definitively or not, it's certainly going to set up the foundation for the, the, the right foundation for healing. And, and, you know, you will, from that point, see very positive results in my experience. Wonderful. Um, and, how, you know, it seems to me that then um, it's, I work with people who are ill all the time in my practice, and people come to me who don't really feel like they deserve to be here and on some level are somewhat ambivalent about being here at all. Exactly. I mean, and, and you know, there, there can be many conditions that, and that is definitely one. What, what you're talking about now is, is a very um, common dynamic, um, you know, and it goes to that worth thing and deserving and, and all of that. And, and a lot of us got messages, uh, though we might not even be aware of it, that we don't deserve, that we don't, you know, that, that we're not worthy, that we don't deserve to, to have something, that we don't deserve to be here, that we don't, whatever it is. And, and the thing is, is that, the best thing I think, as a, as a foundation, it's, it's not the total answer, but as a foundation is, is to make people realize what they've told themselves in the past and, and to appreciate what the truth is about themselves. And you see, typically a person would, 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 would be, be ill, say, like if we're going to talk about illness, and, per, and then like in the shallow um, manifesting modalities, what we're going to see is people going, well, I'm ill, therefore I'm going to focus on being well, and, and then just kind of have a pretty picture of themselves being well and it doesn't address anything the the real thing to address i believe to reintegrate is is the wholeness and and focus on the wholeness never mind the wellness the 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 wellness will follow the wholeness but sometimes the the you know the, the, the the aspiration and the drive towards and the desperation towards healing can actually make, you know, can put the, the, the focus on the illness and, 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 mm-hmm. and the separation, you see, as it did. And I talk, for, I, I don't, yeah. I, I talk from deep personal experience, as you can appreciate. I was damn ill for 10 yep. years. I suffered, you know, yep. and yep. I know what I was telling myself in that time. And I know the separation I, ex- I experienced. And then the end of separation that I came to and the wholeness that I came to, which then totally transformed my life. So I speak from profound self 
experience here. Mm-hmm. I know you do, and that's very important to me and, <clears throat> and to my listeners. We need to take a break, and we'll be right back with William Whitecloud. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the 7th Wave Network. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to empoweredhealer at comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show. This is Dr. Susan Allison, and I am so grateful to be here with William Whitecloud, author of The Last Shaman, which I just finished a few days ago, and I loved it. And um, I would like to focus uh, our, our time, the rest of the time we have, William, in talking about the book and so on. And start wherever you want, if you want to define shamanism for people who don't know what it is or you know, leap in anywhere in terms of, of why you wrote it or anything that really interests you. Well, thank you, uh, Susan. Shamanism, you know, I've written two books, uh, The Magician's Way and The Last Shaman. And to be honest, I'm not a magician in, in the stage sense of the word or in the occult sense of the word. And, and I don't uh, really believe I'm, I'm a shaman either. Uh, and, and I use both of the terms as a, as a metaphor, really. And in terms of the last shaman, the, the metaphor there is I, I really believe that in, in to the, 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 the term shamanism is very appropriate to the modern age, and especially the era we're going into now, because I believe it is an era of, of profound consciousness of us becoming deeply conscious, 
people and, and living in a, in, a, in a very conscious way. And in order to do that, there's two elements that I think were central to the purpose of shamans in the past and even modern-day shamans, and that is healing and the divining of wisdom, to be guided by wisdom and, and bringing forth wisdom. And, and nowadays we really, I, I believe, are coming into an age where we're all going to be our own shamans, that we're not just going to have an outside authority that's going to heal us and, and divine wisdom for us. We're, we're going to heal ourselves. And, and by, by healing, what I mean by healing in this instance is that I was saying earlier in the show that we're all born and to have an individual experience of existence, we create separation. <clears throat> and the, the problem is, is that to create uh, separation, uh, an experience of being separate in life, we take on beliefs, which are then limiting that we buy into and then run around trying to cope with, but then fulfill. And that becomes our reality, this limiting experience of life. And to me, what healing is, is the ability to come back to our wholeness, to our, you know, to, to our authentic self and you know, rediscover who we really are and what our life really is about rather than these illusory um, agendas uh, that, that we have and, and, and illusory life purposes. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's, it's quite to that percentage, but I was really sobered by something Neil Donald Walsh said, which is that 98% of people spend 98% of their time focusing on paying attention to issues that aren't important, really, you know. Mm -hmm. and, yep. But it, it does go to just the illusory nature of, of life that we can get wrapped up in. And so healing is, is the coming back to who we really are and living out the real lives that we were meant to live. And, and part of that that process is gaining the deeper awareness, going outside of the rational, linear, um, egoic perception that we can be subject to, and, uh, you know, having a soul mode of awareness, uh, a creative mode of awareness that supports us in a deeper reality and the, the deeper nature of ourselves and life. So I think that the metaphor of shamanism is very apt and, and very profound and, you know, in, in a beautifully mystical, mysterious way, which has lent itself to the story of, of um, being able to tell uh, a beautifully rich, mystical tale about a, a, a man, you know, d you know, going through, discovering the whole concept of shamanism in Africa and mm -hmm. then going through his own shamanic dark night of the soul to heal himself and um, attain yep. this wisdom for himself and for his society. Mm -hmm. I love that, and I, I think you're right about our the era in which we live. We're lucky to be living now. I wanted to just mention there was a uh, he's deceased now, just in the last few years. A wonderful um, man from Hawaii named Makua, and he was uh, a, a very uh, amazing elder and really a shaman in, in a sense. He said a few years ago that the age of the guru is over. And the time of the inner teacher is is here. And I think that that parallels beautifully what you just said. Absolutely. I, I totally concur with that. And, um, you know, it, it, it just seems as though, you know, authority of every kind is, is falling away, the outer authority. Mm -hmm. I was even reading a very interesting book now about how ineffective advertising is how people just don't rely, that how in the past we used to rely on advertising to be informed and that advertising even isn't getting through to people because it's just not on the vibration of nope. where, where we're at now. You know, nope. we, we just don't take it from, 
from the mm-hmm. outside anymore. You know, I, I'm so thrilled about that because for, for so long people have been giving their power away, you know, to sports stars and movie stars and whoever says buy this or do this or go here or do that. And I feel like I wrote the book Empowered Healer, Gain the Confidence, Power and Ability to Heal Yourself for that very reason is I want people to be empowered and to regain the power that I think as a, as a uh, species in a way we have turned over to other people for too long. Absolutely. And the thing about it is is that it's it's just such a joy to live in that way, isn't it? To mm. to awaken to yourself, to to uh, to have the the self-realization of who you really are and the power that's within you. And and you know, it's it's, it's phenomenal to think that uh, although we're coming into this age where um it it's it's you know coming to the the masses really yep. it's always been there that power's always but for some reason it's this time and as you say we're so fortunate to live in this time because it's in this time that everybody is awakening to it and um you know the the thing about it is though that even though it's a time in which this is happening and the vibrations raising and we're all awakening to to this phenomenon the mm-hmm. the thing is about it also is that it, it can at the same time be a very chaotic and um, you know painful experience for a lot of people who don't actually you know have the well don't have a model for practicing mm-hmm. it for don't have a model for facilitating the transformation and you know you're talking about why you write your book and and this is really the reason why I've written the last shaman is is to give people. Um, you know, something that offers a foundation and a system that you know can that 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 is a model that that they can apply that can systematically uh, allow people to generate the momentum, uh, well, to get them focused and get mm-hmm. them moving and generating the momentum to what they want in life and you know um, sustaining that, mm-hmm. driven by their own innate wisdom. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you and. I wanted to, in fact, um, have you talk about one of the premises from the novel that all of us are always being guided by a higher force or power and we can follow that guidance. So how, you know, just for my listeners, how do we do that? Well, uh, thanks for raising that. And, and uh, I'm thrilled that you got the heart of the, you know, the story and, and mm-hmm. the, the message just right there. As, as you have, because that is it. And we are, I mean, to me, Susan, it is very interesting that we are being guided every moment of our lives. I'm not so much interested in UFOs and crop circles and that particles can appear here and there at the same time. The story for me about life is that we are being guided every moment. And it's whether we are awake to that or not is, is the point and the question. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that, that why we not is because we tend to live our lives in a, in a rational, linear mode of awareness, an egoic mode of awareness, an egoic perception that's born of the fact that we have limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that are informing us all the time. Just beneath the surface, they're always painting a picture for us and, and um, you know, perpetuating this limiting way of life. And so, you see, the thing is about it is that when, when we try to... When, when we to live our lives in a way where we work it out and we try to understand it as we do from this rational linear place 
the only thing that we ever refer to is, although we don't know it, is our belief systems. We think we're just like, you know, referring to our intelligence and our general knowledge. But actually, if you analyze it, everybody's just referring to their own belief systems mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. experiencing the same old, same old. Yep. And so to get outside of that, to operate from a soul-inspired point of view and uh, from a place where you actually do see make the connections between things that are there to be made and see the possibilities that exist, then you have to step outside of this, 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 this linear rational mode of awareness and see through the eyes of the soul. And you see, then the, the bridge to that is not needing to know, is not needing to understand, is letting go of your controlling need to understand and cope with life. And, and it's then in that place, what, which we call innocence, in no sense, which means in no sense, to be outside of thoughts and feelings where we're in the void. But the thing is that people can be afraid of the void because it's a terrifying word. It sounds like there's nothing there. It's empty. It's meaningless. But opposite, it's actually fecund with meaning. It's fecund with information. It's fecund with, it's full of higher information, full of higher mm -hmm. guidance. And it's, it's, it's that place where, where Christ said, only as a child can you come to the kingdom of heaven because that's where you're in innocence, you're not trying to understand, you, you've softened your focus, you've let go of your need to know, of your need to control, your need to understand and cope and all that, and you've just let go. And then in that moment, there's the information. Yep. No, I love that. I love it in the novel um, how the main character learns to see everything as a child you know he's being guided mm. being guided by the tribe in order to um really really uh heal himself but also see life in an absolutely sparkling new way absolutely and, and you see the thing is it, it it sounds so simple and it is but but there's a big but here because you yep. see to enter into that territory which all it requires is for you to just let go of what you know Right mm -hmm. now, anyone who just lets go of what they know will suddenly become aware of some amazing things. But the problem is, is that it doesn't make sense. What you suddenly become aware of, a lot of it doesn't make sense to the rational mind, so it will be rejected. You know, the, the dictionary definition of intuition is what the mind immediately apprehends before rationalizing. And so <laughs> the, the wow. rational mind is a... Is a rationalizing force it, it, it mm -hmm. rationalizes and chops away information that you're getting all the time so the skill is is to make a stand for is to retain what you're receiving you know and, and, and allow it to exist and not only that then act on it which is a whole skill and so it is this skill that I hope I've uh, you know related powerfully in the story yes you have and we need to take another break but we will be back with the fascinating William Whitecloud. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. 
Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Do you ever ask yourself, Why am I here? What is my purpose in life? What do I do next? Life energies are based on the chakras, and this is the foundation of holistic healing. Find the balance in your life by tuning in to Healing Possibilities with your host, Tracy Makarenko. Through engaging guests and Tracy's spiritual guidance, each week we'll explore a different modality of healing designed to help you find peace and wholeness. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to empoweredhealer at comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show. And my guest is William Whitecloud, author of The Last Shaman that we're talking about. And, William, you just were talking about letting go of what we know and being childlike, following our intuition. So I encounter people all the time in my practice who say, I don't know how to follow my intuition. You know, I, I don't trust it. I don't even know where it is. So what, do you have a couple things to share with listeners about how to get in touch with that part of them that really knows the truth, that has that inner wisdom? Absolutely. Um, there, you know, there, there are actually three steps to, uh, you know, formulating your, your intuition and using it as a consistent, powerful, everyday, even every minute mode of awareness. Um, and, and that is innocence observing the obvious, and making it up. And I'll just quickly explain. Innocence is that state we go into when we don't know, when we, we don't rely on our experience and, and we are experienced less. That's why children are innocent, because they have much less experience than adults. And so when we're not relating to our experience is when we go into um, a mode, a zone, if you like, where we connected, we we in touch with our inherent connection to everything through all time and space, which we do have all of all of the time, and it's there. And so when we go into innocence, we access that point, and and so then we suddenly are in touch with a whole bunch of stuff that we don't normally, we're not normally rationally and self-consciously aware of. The thing about it is though, is that the rational mind, because it's different to what it knows from before, um, it it'll it'll reject most of it. Uh, they, they say that we receive 400 billion bits of information every second and we retain, you know, we, we self-consciously um, are aware of 2,000 bits or something. And so what do you think is happening? We're chopping out everything other than what fits into our paradigm, our rational paradigm. And so then the ability to stick with and own what we're actually getting is, is, is the next skill. And that will really help, you know, take care of, 
most of um, engaging your intuition right there, just not needing to know and then being in that space where you don't know and, and, uh, or, or don't need to know and uh, just allowing yourself to realize what's, what information is there and um, mm-hmm. following that. But also the thing about that, and, and this is the one that actually um, takes some work and, and, and some practice mm-hmm. and some training in really if you really want to go the whole hog and, and you know, really become a powerful intuitive um, is that a lot of the information that you're going to receive is not going to come in coherent uh, language and, and make you know a hundred percent sense. It's going to come to you be, because it's it's kind of been repressed and in many cases, uh, well suppressed and in many cases repressed. It's it's going to come to you in in in, in very m- sort of uh, minimal um, messages like uh, you know slight feelings, symbolism, pictures, whatever. And from there, the the art really is to then you know interpret that to literally. It's a, it's a function of imagination to, to make up what that means to you and embellish it and extrapolate it. And then out of that uh, comes the really powerful information, the, 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 the really you know, useful um, information that's going to take you to a whole new level of, of awareness and, and, and power in life. Um, and you know, as I say, this, this though is, is a bit more of an art and um, it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, what, what I do in the book is, is if I can say so myself, is yes. explain this process and illustrate it, you know, uh, very clearly and colorfully in a way that I think that then people, after reading it, can actually put it into practice. And, and it is through the practice of it that you will then, you know, uh, get, better, get better and better at acquiring and, and taking on this, you know, amazing superconscious potential that we all have innately. Exactly. You know, I know that I noticed that the the main character, the more he stopped trying to control, and the more he just let go, um, the more that the intuition uh, can't. You know, his this inner knowing came to him. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole process of. Of the book, I mean, really is that's what I'm saying is that yep. the thing, the thing that what I've been saying is that the thing is that we we typically um, by default live out this condition where we in our rational linear <clears throat> mind working everything out, trying <clears throat> to control our circumstances by having everything pegged and understanding it and having it fit into its place in our mind, and and, and knowing how we're gonna you know having a clear picture of how we're gonna work everything out and. Um, as the character goes through the book, as Mark Vale goes through the story, you know, he's constantly reverting to and clinging to that process as we do. And then the job of his mentors throughout is to take that tendency away from him, to disarm him of that tendency. And that's what he does throughout the book where he just, over time, just constantly is going through a process of softening his focus and not needing to know and understand everything and then coming to the wisdom that he actually has been seeking all his life but that has been avoiding him, you know, like, like the plague really, because of his need to understand everything and, and, and control everything. That's really true. And recently I've had a couple of guests on and we've talked about Isaac Newton and materialism and what that's done for us, which, you know, it's 
sadly apparent in our culture now in terms of the rampant materialism and the focus on, um, you know, the concrete versus uh, quantum physics. A lot of people who are scientists believe, you know, obviously we're coming into an age where it's energy, you know, it's energy that, you know, so to me that parallels a lot of what you've been talking about. Yes, and, and you know, it's, it's really interesting that um, it breaks my heart to think that Isaac Newton was an alchemist, you see, that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you know this, but yep. the British Museum actually has one of his books, which he used to read every night, is this Bible of alchemy, and make notes in and all of that, and to think that that, you know, he used that power of alchemy then to formulate this whole materialistic, uh, mechanistic um, concept and and yeah it is it, it you know that that we then have come into this age of materialism and and rationalism um, which you know of, of course serves us to an extent but it, mm-hmm. it's like uh, a lot of people say and I believe Einstein has been quoted as saying this is that the mind and the rational mind are a good tool they're a great servant but we have let it become the master and mm-hmm. uh, you that's know, right. A definition of magic, Susan, that I that I like, a re- really good definition, mm-hmm. is that it's the ability to live your life guided by intuition, aided by intellect, and mm-hmm. and so exactly what you're talking about. The primary, um, really, the, the the primary organ that that we should be uh, operating out is that ability of ours to read energy, and uh, yep. then you know apply it to the material world. I completely agree, and I think that's where we're going. Um, I do believe that. So, um, yeah, and so I, I am really wanting to talk about the complete self and the incomplete self, if you could talk about that at all. There's so much to talk about, and readers really need to get your book, uh, The Last Shaman, and uh, it'll make so much more sense when they read the book, and it's such a fun read as well, but... Can you talk a bit about what you mean about having a complete self versus an incomplete self? Well, it's a, it's a very important thing to grasp, I believe. If, if, you, if you understand this, you have a very strong foundation for living a very empowered life, which I'm sure you love the word empowered. Yes, <laughs> um, I do. And, you, you know, the thing is, my, my premise is, and I believe it's a good premise, is that we, we're pure creative spirit. All of us are pure creative spirit connected mm-hmm. to everything through all time and space. And that is the basis of our intuitive and creative power is that we connect it. And, and this is what all indigenous tribes and cultures have ever understood life to be and us to be is, is that we connected, that we hold. And the mm-hmm. thing is, though, is that we, we are here to have an experience of individual existence, which you've got to admit we have very successfully. We experience ourselves yep. as individual and separate from everything else. And the thing that created that, though, is our belief systems. We have a formative experience in life. And we make up beliefs about that. And if you ever analyze those beliefs, as I'm sure you have and, and many of your mm-hmm. listeners have, um, Susan, if you analyze yeah. those beliefs, they, they tend to be limiting beliefs. And that's what they're designed to be. They make you have, give, have a sense of separation, that you're separate from your worth, that you're separate from yep. uh, other people, you're separate from your belonging, your viability, your safety, what, whatever. It's a sense of separation. And so what's designed to do and uh, that's what makes you feel separate. If you ever thought about it, well, there mm-hmm. it is. That's what makes you feel separate. And now you're walking around feeling separate from everything else, as, as was the plan. But here's the thing now, is that in, in having those beliefs, you don't feel whole because there's this incomplete part of yourself that is this separate from wealth, that is this separate from health, that is this separate. So you, you don't feel like you're whole. And, 
and, and, and you complete. And then the illusory um, agenda in life, the compensating tendency, is to then fulfill that uh, separation, to, to try and, uh, you know, make yourself whole in those areas of your life, which then just puts the attention on that separation and, and, and for, you know, um, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It yep. creates that reality. And, and so a lot of what most people are doing, and especially if you think about what Neil Donald Walsh said there, um, you know, mm-hmm. is, is running around compensating for things that there's no need to compensate for. Life is an illusory uh, agenda. And, you know, what can happen is we can come back to the realization of, no, you know, that's just an illusion. That's just our thoughts and feelings telling us that. It's a perception that we're, Whole, that we're not whole and, and that that's what we've got to fulfill and actually come back to your heart and, and find out who you really are and what mm-hmm. you're really about and, and what truly matters to you. And, and you know, if, 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 if all of these things didn't exist and didn't matter, what is it you would be getting on, on with in life? And, and then, you know, take that on as your, as your life uh, model and, and, and get on with that. And you know, that's your true nature and purpose. And, and when you find that and get on with that, then all these other circumstantial things just fall away. While we work on the problem, we intensify it. And when we stop trying to fix the problem and get on with what really is important, not only do we come to what is, matters to us in life and not only do we live our bliss, but these circumstances, these problematic circumstances that we created – uh, just fall away anyway. And so it's a, it's a different orientation. You know, there's an orientation in life where we're trying to fix everything and perpetuate the problem, or there's an orientation where we forget about the problem, get on with what really matters, and the problem disappears. Yep, just as you illustrated about your illness earlier in the show. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm, you know, wonderful. This is how I learned about it firsthand, right there. I mean, you got it, you know. It's fabulous. We are going to take uh, one more break, and we will be back with William Whitecloud. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Do you ever stop and wonder if there's more to life than what you are experiencing? Do you feel like you deserve to live that life? Of course you should. Tune in to Shining Bright with your host, Regina Sisko. Through Regina's life experiences and her guest experts, you can put yourself on the path to holistic self-discovery and the life that you were born to lead. Shining Bright with Regina Sisko is broadcast live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to empoweredhealer at comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show, and I hope uh, you've been listening all along to this fascinating discussion with William Whitecloud, who is the author of The Last Shaman. And you can always, if you missed any of this show, you can go to my archived shows on my host page at Voice America, Seventh Wave Network, The Empowered Healer Show, and you can listen to all my archive shows uh, there on my host page. So I want it before we uh, get into anything more, uh, William, I wanted you to tell listeners how they can get your book and tell them a little bit about your course, that your program, Living from Greatness, and um, you know any way that they can contact you. Well, thanks for the opportunity, Susan, and it's just been a mm-hmm. fabulous conversation. I can't tell you how much joy I get talking about this subject and to people who understand it like yourself. Good. Um, and, you know, the, look, the easiest way to, to uh, get in touch with me, find out more about me, connect with me, is just sim- simply through my website, uh, williamwhitecloud.com. And, you know, it's there. You can find out. Anyone can find out more information about the books. There's even free, chap- free chapters on the book and information on the work that I do, resources. There are even free resources there that, that people can tap into and uh, use you know, to, to further the, the, the soul-inspired life that we're talking about here on your, your fabulous show. Wonderful. Um, do you have any courses coming up? Any new, any new books planned? <laughs> no, no. I've just finished writing this one, and um, I, while I do have something else in mind, I, I'll take a little breather here before I bring out the next one. Um, <laughs> and you're I, I you're allowed a, to do uh, that. A, a program in... Uh, at the end of January coming up, a, a week-long immersion in intuition. If anyone listening um, ever wants to go into something that will just take them through the process, uh, like, like almost like a car wash, you know, we come in one side and come out, uh, come in one side all dirty and mucky and come out the other side sparkling clean. Well, this will, this will just take you out the other side totally immersed in, in your um, intuitive ability and, 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 and totally competent in it and, and totally equipped to, to really live a soul-inspired life, actually. And other than that, um, everyone should just uh, keep an eye out. And in fact, you know, if you, if you sign up for our newsletter, if you join up with our newsletter, you will get information. And I'll be taking my Living from Greatness weekend around the country, which is a, 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 you know, a fascinating and powerful introduction into the, the the modality that we're talking about here, the model that we're talking about here, the the model I believe um, for living, you know, a, a really soul inspired life. Wonderful. Now the end of January, the Intuitive Ability course. Well, what are the dates, and uh, how long is it, and where is it? It's in LA. It's in Los Angeles. It's a 
starts on the 20th and finishes on the 26th of January. Um, and, you know, it's a seven-day program. It's kind of like my flagship program, which we call Master Your Destiny. And it really is, you know, it, it's not a cliche. It, it really is a training uh, in, in the ability to become the master of your destiny and, um, you know, follow your heart and follow your soul to your highest destiny, basically. Fabulous. I'm glad I asked you. So, you know, we have just this one more segment, and I wanted to ask you about, you know, creating what we want. Uh, what if it's selfish? What if it's harmful to other people or to our planet? Do you still think people should be doing it? Oh, I mean, what a good question. One one that, that, that people actually really struggle with, and, and, and this is my answer, Susan, is, of course, there's agendas that are driven by ego and then there are agendas that are driven by soul. There, there are things that are deeply matter to us and that are deeply important to us. And what a pity it would be if we didn't aspire to what mattered to us and what was important to us because we're all connected. And what is deeply mm-hmm. important to us and what is deeply matters to us, if we live that and if we seek that, because we're connected to everything, we actually then end up serving everything else. So I believe it's deeply important that we... Um, become creators and manifestors and, and create what matters to us and, you know, like find our hearts and, and, and live from that and live for that. And, you know, creating, creating does that. The, mm-hmm. the fear that, that we will um, create something harmful is a very valid one and, and we see the, the negative effects of, of negative agendas all, all around us and, and all throughout history. But here's the thing is I believe is that when a person becomes a, a, a creator um, and you know, chooses to create from their creative spirit and create in a way that engages their creative spirit, their creative spirit is a benign force and it's a force that stands there to serve not only the individual but, but the, the whole that they are a part of. And so the best thing I believe that we can do, and what the world needs right now, I believe, mm-hmm. Susan, I really believe this, is that we really do need to begin creating and, and for all of us to begin creating, uh, sorry, connecting with our creative spirit and, and, and create from that place because it doesn't matter what selfish agenda. I've seen this with because I've trained thousands of people now, and you do. Initially, everyone starts out by creating because they're ignorant. They, they start out in a very egoic place and the, the starting place is to start by creating the things that they want. But the important thing is is that they engage their creative spirit and then their creative spirit starts guiding them to what they actually want to create in life, what, what, what truly is meaningful for them. And that's why you see people that, that begin creating and, and creating in positive way where they open and they're open to their hearts and they're open to being guided by their hearts and by their soul, they will undergo profound uh, transformation. And otherwise, I don't call it creating. You know, it's, it's like then people, other people who just want things that they think they want money and they want power and they want, you know, this or that and they want a beautiful wife or a, you know, just whatever it is that they insist is this is what they want. I don't, I don't consider those to be creators. Those, those are just you know, ego-driven um, mm-hmm. agendas. And, and it's got nothing to do with creating. Creating is where you are, you know, involved in, in the, the self-conscious act of manifestation, but you engaged it in, in such a way 
that your intention is that it's going to serve the highest good of yourself and everybody else. And if that is your intention, well, that is what is going to transpire. And, and I believe it's going to be really good for the world. And it's better that you begin creating and that you initially are a bit egoic and selfish and that than not to. Because what it is going to lead you to is, is to your creative spirit and, your, and, and the engagement of your creative spirit is going to be good for the world. And, and it's absolutely what we need now. And, it, it, you know, the, the fear that we're going to bring negativity to the world through the act of creation is just another belief, I believe, you see. Mm-hmm. So we should mm-hmm. get rid of that one and, yep. and get creating. At the end of the day, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's our most, it's our highest God-given ability, I believe. And, and, and so one that uh, not only is it useful for us to engage, but I believe it's our duty to engage, actually. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, especially now. During especially, these times, yeah. especially now, during these times. So I am afraid we're going to have to stop talking, oh, which no. I, I, which I know we won't because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have you, you know, have you as part of my soul family if you would like to be part of it. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, I am already. We are. <laughs> I really feel that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like I had a guest, uh, Dr. Larry Dossie on my show and he wrote back, we're in the same river. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that's it. I feel and, like and, and, and we swimming, are too. Not drowning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're swimming in the same river. So thank yeah. you so much for being on my show, and I'd yeah. love to have, have you back at some point. Oh, I'd love that, uh, Susan. Thanks so much. Uh-huh. It's been a great conversation. Loved it. All right. Me too. Bye-bye. Bye. So thank you all for joining us today, all of my listeners. And next week, my guests are Kim and Mark McGinnis talking about the subject of openings what they are, and how we can create more openings or opportunities for growth in our lives. Until then, this is Dr. Susan Allison wishing you a magical week. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then... Have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of the goddess. We are held, we are held.